Welcome to the Brady Haywood Podcast, the podcast where we look at engineering failures and disasters. My name is Sean Brady. The collapse of the Tacoma Narrows Suspension Bridge is one of the world's most recognizable structural failures. Almost all of us will at some point have seen the same grainy black and white footage of the bridge twisting and turning in the wind before tearing itself apart and falling into the river below. And this was the fear that drove engineers to better understand the effects of wind on buildings and bridges. But were there any warnings from history that this failure could have occurred? And more importantly, if failures like this had ever happened in the past, why did we as a profession forget the lessons learned? Now before we begin, if you haven't seen the footage of this bridge collapse, then Google Tacoma Bridge Collapse or click on some of the links provided in the show notes and have a look at the footage. Because rumour has it that the footage of this collapse is the most viewed footage of a structural collapse ever, with the exception of the September 11 terrorist attacks. Now, the story of the collapse, at least in engineering circles, is reasonably well known. The Tacoma Bridge, which would span more than half a mile, was designed by an engineer called Liam Mushif. Now, Mashif was an advocate for slender and elegant structures, and, and he strived to make them as aesthetically pleasing as possible. And he certainly pushed the limits on this design for the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. It would be one of the lightest and most slender suspension bridges ever attempted at the time. Now, by way of comparison, the George Washington Bridge, which had recently been constructed in New York, was considered state-of-the-art, and it was considered to be pushing the boundaries of what could be achieved technically at the time. But the Tacoma Narrows Bridge would be twice as slender as the George Washington Bridge, and it would be an incredible five times lighter per unit length than the George Washington Bridge. So, never before had someone put something so light in the air, which would span so far. Almost immediately upon opening, there were serious problems with the bridge. It vibrated in the air and it exhibited this galloping motion in the wind. And this galloping motion was so bad that it became a sort of a tourist attraction. You know, people would turn up to look and drive across this wobbling bridge. And it's interesting that almost 60 years after this, people would do the very same thing with the Millennium Bridge in London. They'd turn up to watch and walk over it as it vibrated. Then one day, things took a nasty turn. A cable broke on one side of the bridge, and the bridge started to exhibit a torsional motion in addition to the galloping motion. So it was now quite literally twisting in the air. So camera crews and journalists turned up to watch the spectacle unfold, and as they watched, the magnitude of the vibrations continued to grow and grow and grow until the bridge eventually tore itself apart. Now, in the simplest terms, the cause of the failure was dynamic wind actions. So what do we mean by that? Well, well, for a long time, engineers had only considered the effect of static wind loads on structures where the pressure generated by the wind attempts to you know, knock over or move or tear the roof off the structure. But they didn't consider the effects of dynamic wind actions. So dynamic wind actions are those that generate vibration in the structure, which is exactly what occurred in Tacoma. Now, because engineers at the time didn't usually consider dynamic wind effects in their designs, they were not found at fault for the design of the bridge. You know, they had simply done what any other engineering company would have done at the time. And this failure, as we've already said, was was a real catalyst for the profession as a whole to begin researching the effects of wind dynamics and structures, you know, which in time allowed engineers to build ever taller buildings and, and longer bridges. 
But there's a fascinating twist to the tale that's not well known. And we can begin by asking the question, should the designers of Tacoma Narrows have known about the risks of dynamic wind actions? Because if we go back to the early 1800s, and that's 1800s, we find out that that far back, engineers were having problems with dynamic wind actions. In fact, there'd been a number of very high-profile bridge collapses which had occurred as early as 1818. So here we have an interesting contradiction. Modern-day engineers in 1940 had poor knowledge of dynamic wind actions. But almost 100 years earlier, in the 1850s, engineers had this knowledge. So what had happened to the knowledge? Was it simply lost? Well, if you want to blame anyone, and I use the term blame in the most unfair way possible here, we might as well blame John Roebling, the initial designer of the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. And when the Brooklyn Bridge was opened in 1883, it was considered to be one of the technical marvels of the century. The reality is, when Roebling sat down to design this bridge, he knew one of the biggest problems he had to deal with was dynamic wind actions, because he was well aware of the collapses that had occurred earlier in the century, both before and during his his engineering career. So to manage the issue of dynamic wind actions, Roebling installed these four large trusses just above deck level that ran along the bridge. And if you Google a picture of the bridge, you'll see these trusses very, very clearly. And they worked. And they worked really well. They added stiffness to the bridge, which essentially removed the risk of dynamic wind actions. But here's the problem. It could be said that Roebling had done too good a job. He had solved the problem so effectively that fellow engineers adopted his solution in their bridges, and by the time the next generation and the generation after that of bridge engineers came along, they appear to have forgotten two things. They forgot to consider the problem of dynamic wind actions at all, and... They forgot precisely why Roebling had put the stiffening trusses on the Brooklyn Bridge in the first place. And over the decades, these truss sizes were reduced in the quest for sleeker and more slender bridges. So by the time we get up to 1940 and the time of the Tacoma Narrows, Machief made a decision to remove the trusses altogether and replace them with girders, all in the name of aesthetics. And with this change, everything was now in place for history to remind us what happens when we forget its lessons. After an absence of many decades, dynamic wind actions returned to claim their victim. So we engineers, just like any profession, have the ability to forget the lessons learned from failure. And there's a really fitting coda to our story. The Tacoma Bridge was rebuilt and then it was duplicated many years later. And in a final irony, despite Mushif's dream of a slender structure, the bridges now stand with large stiffening trusses in place and look very similar to the Brooklyn Bridge. Roebling's stiffening trusses, along with the lessons lost because of them, were reinstated 